Hello, and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 245 on October 29th, 2022. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite episode of Tom and Jerry. I am joined today by Allison. I know you're caught off guard, but... Uh, yeah, because, like, what the fuck? Uh, I've been watching Tom and Jerry. I mean, like, like, yeah, but, like, I, you know, every... Every gotta have this on kid. deck. <laughs> well, because, like, you know, uh, you know, we all grew up before the prolifer- proliferation of stuff like Netflix. So you watched, like, whatever cartoon was on. And so you watched a lot of all the cartoons. Uh, but Tom and Jerry... Timeless. There's the one where they, like, die. Uh-huh. That's classic. Mm-hmm, sure. Where they, yeah. like, go to ha- heaven and hell, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I think there, there's something like that. Or I think Tom dies, and he's supposed to make it right with Jerry, and like, otherwise he'll go to hell. I think is the yeah. deal. If he, if he wants to get into heaven, he's got to like make things right with Jerry. Yeah. That, See, that, that episode has like a very dark beginning where there's a bag of like puppies or kittens that was drowned, and that, it's See, that's weird. The thing about those old uh, about old cartoons where you're like, oh my god, like. Mm-hmm. Th- th- straight up died. Yeah. Got him. All right. Well, there you go. Allison really bringing the podcast <laughs> down this one. Th- thanks, Allison. Uh, well, I guess we'll come back to you later. Uh, <laughs> not looking forward to whatever game you're brought. I've, I'm sure it'll really kill the mood. I'm the happiest game here. So, like, uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. But... Sure, sure. Uh-huh. And uh, also joining us, Pat. I don't know. They gave Mario a gun, so that's pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. You ask me. Okay. Uh, well, that, I don't know. Individual you're not wrong. I don't even he has know. Two individual... guns now. Excuse you. Oh Jesus, Dooley's. Uh, I don't even know uh, an episode. Like I couldn't name an episode of Tom and Jerry. Right, They're sorry, all I've... the one where the one where they fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, there are there are iconic. Uh iconic fight i don't i don't i don't doubt it but i don't remember any of them like i watched a lot of tom and jerry when mm-hmm. i was a kid but one that really individual stuck with me is they have like a fireworks fight like they're shooting roman candles okay, at each other sure, uh, sure. It's, it's like did they ever have a gasoline fight uh yeah after they'll get mo- uh, orange mocha frappuccinos <laughs> um that and uh his when his uncle comes and he, he's like the country music star, and he's always playing his guitar, and he breaks a string, and he steals a, a whisker from Tom. He's like, I need a string. Rips you off know, one of Tom's that whiskers. And like, Tom I, I, well, I he said he's been watched, watching it. Well, yeah, but I haven't watched that recently, but that one's like iconic. I watched a lot of, uh, like, I didn't watch a lot of Tom and Jerry. I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. Sure. And... Uh, other looney tunes stuff mm. um so like lots of bugs bunny mm. lots of uh marvin the martian like that kind mm. of stuff lots of daffy duck but not a lot of tom and jerry I, I remember way more tom and jerry than i do looney tunes i don't know why i didn't like tom and jerry as much as looney that's, tunes generally I, I i don't know that they're, they're they're different but they're, they're similar weirdly like part of the thing is in the last like three, it's like since the pandemic started, Tom and Jerry has gotten popular enough to have like merch in UFO catchers in Japan. 
Oh, interesting. And like is on clothes in multiple stores and stuff like that. So like I've got like a Tom and Jerry sweater that I picked up at like some outlet store and stuff like that. Uh, just, you know, uh, it, it's around actively and whatnot. So it's on the mind lately. Look, I mean, it's never far from my mind because Tom and Jerry is a great multiverses character. Sure. So. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. But uh, really good skins those, for, for Tom I, and Jerry. I wouldn't know because I still can't play that game and they oh. still have my $10. Bastards. Uh, but speaking of multiverses, crossovers, and I don't, I don't know, uh, things that are not together that have come together into one game. Allison, you, oh, <laughs> I, I shudder to think what happens in Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Yeah, so. I've been playing the new Mario plus Rabbids game, uh, Sparks of Hope, which is, uh, honestly, well, what happens, the, the the plot is, like, super light, so I haven't really paid that much attention, really, uh, but the actual, you know, moment-to-moment gameplay and little moments have been really, really good. Um, so, Mario plus Rabbids, uh, the original was released pretty early in the uh, Switch's life cycle, uh, and was surprisingly good where you're like Mario plus these these rabbits and it's a uh um turn based uh strategy game Mario has a gun and you're like should this work but it, it ended up working uh and now the sequel just came out and in my opinion works a lot better because they've opened the game up a lot added a lot more kind of um, doing stuff at your own pace and uh, not quite open world, but uh, areas to explore and puzzles to do. And the most notably, the um, strategy sections have moved from being just pure grid-based to you have an area of movement, but there's no like visible grid so you're just kind of moving wherever you're you're able to move was that Um, not how it was in the first one i thought it it was it was very much grid based so it's like here's the grids that you're able to move on whereas here it's like hey you might have a tiny bit of amount of space behind this uh uh cover you can you'll still be able to get there even if it's you know uh just a little Mm. bit so it's it's more it it there might there's probably some sort of grid system underneath everything, but yeah. it's not it's not visible and it's more a lot more freeform in terms of uh, how okay. you're moving. So it's yeah, so it's it's been uh r- really really fun. I I've been playing it since uh, last weekend. Um, I didn't have too much time to play it because I was I was uh last weekend I was in in New York, so I didn't really uh. So I, I was I was busy. Um, you were you were here with us in spirit. I was. I was. As not I for, was, not uh, from the beyond, uh, like I might have implied, <laughs> but I was there with you. With my my heart was with the podcast, but I was also running around New York and uh, being exhausted and going to a lot of shows and having a lot you, of fun. You left your heart uh, in San Fran Fix Co. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, well, it's like I split my heart in half because half of my heart had to go with those Broadway shows that I was seeing because that was that was really fun. Uh, but during my off moments, I was playing Mario plus Rabbids, which was a really good um, game to do that with because there's a lot more uh, kind of flexibility, especially with um, what you're going to be doing and and what you're doing on on each uh, of the planets because basically the the theming of this one is more kind of Mario Galaxy. Uh, so I just I just met up with. Uh, rabid rosalina uh and uh it's the 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 sparks are basically the lumas from mario galaxy plus rabbids uh so that's the the basic thing but it's really um you know kind of opened up for a lot more flexibility so you'll be wandering around the main area your main areas that you're you have uh there's a random enemy, you might decide, I want to get into a battle with it because I have a quest to defeat five dif- uh, three different Goombas. So you'll, you can jump into that or go, mm, no, I'm going to do one of these kinds of little puzzles instead. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, flexibility in how you play the game, um, both in that and also in the battles too, because you get a lot of your characters right from the start. Um, a, a, a lot of the basic, uh, you, you have, um, Mario, Luigi, and Peach, uh, as, as actual characters, and then you have the rabid versions of them right away. Uh, so it's, it, there's a lot of, um, you, you, you have a, a lot of stuff ready, and, uh, the sparks that you collect and meet, uh, are, are basically the upgrade system for it, right? So you might get one that has fire powers. So you go, okay, I want this to be with Mario so that he can charge up his guns with uh, fire and be strong against a lot of the ice enemies. Or, you know, here's one that's more passive for uh, for uh, defense. So... Uh, that's probably going to be good for Rabid Luigi. So there's just a lot of different ways that you can kind of customize the game to the way you want to play in terms of like what's in your party, what which character gets which spark, um, which kind of takes the place of upgrading your items or get, upgrading your weapons rather. So there's there's just a lot of flexibility and a lot of um, you know strategy to be had. So it's it's genuinely just like a really good strategy game uh tactics game with this weird uh mario and rabbits kind of humor the other thing that is weird is that a lot of the rabbits are like you do you know that like other rabbits games they they're basically just like agents of chaos right so they just kind of have these like kind of kind of screams or kind of like ah kind of you know noises a lot of them have like actual text like you know, actual dialogue now and uh, actual voice lines. So it's very funny because okay. Mario's it, Mar- rabid Mario is very much this like I'm like kind of like like old New York Italian kind of guy who's just like kind of just gonna say oh. something like have a couple of voice lines and you're just like what the fuck does so it's a, does rabid Mario talk more than Mario yes. Mario? Okay, yes. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> 
Like, regular Mario just does the normal, like, you know, kind of wahoo, normal, wahoo. It's a me. Exactly. Let's a go. And then Rabbit Mario is just going to, like, I am Mario. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. Except, I'm pretty sure he says something like that. And you're I'm, just like, what? I'm, he must. <laughs> is it played by, like, Captain Luel Bono? I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, it, it's great. So, I, I don't know. It, that's the other thing, too, is that there's just so much character in all of this. Where um, I've seen people compare, like, the walk cycles of each care of each character they're all very very much characteristic uh uh you might be playing as as luigi who's really good with range uh he has a fucking sniper rifle pretty much mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh if you miss with him he'll just have this like aww. and it's it's very much it's very mm -hmm. much in uh line with luigi uh where mm -hmm. he's just like aww. It, it, there's there's just so oh, much like, little, no exactly <laughs> there's so much as little character in it that that is genuinely very very charming um that that has just been very fun to play uh even if like like i said like the story is basically like i i, I don't know like I, it's just very nothing but you just kind of want to hang out with these characters and, and play this game, and it's it's just very, very fun to play. So I've been uh, enjoying it immensely, and I'm going to definitely keep playing it. How much did you play of the first one? I played quite a bit of it. Um, I didn't, you know, finish it, but I think it kind of addressed some of the issues that I had with it, where it was just a... Those were very much like you walk from point A to point B, here's a new battle, point A, B to point C, and it, it kind of got a little old, whereas here it just feels like there's a lot more flexibility, which makes it a, a lot more okay. fun. But I, I played a decent amount of the first one. Yeah, I, I played quite a bit of it, and I enjoyed what I played, but then got burnt out on the the, the combat. Like, it didn't... Yeah. I felt, mm, I, it's hard to say why. I I want to say that just each combat encounter wasn't different enough from like what what you were just doing like before. So like, yeah, yeah, no, I like this I kind of game. That. You're dealing, you know, in an XCOM or whatever. Like you're doing, you know, the same kind of cover to cover combat or whatever. But yeah, with just the in between of being like, okay, and now I'm gonna walk a little bit. And now I'm in another fight. Maybe they just didn't break it up enough, so it's yeah, easy that to burn this out. Does. And then a lot of the, for example, like if you have a kind of random enemy, the those combat encounters are can be really short at times. Um, so for example, it, it, so it moves at a really good clip. Where, for example, you might be like, okay, I need to defeat three separate Goomba fights, and you're just like, oh my god, how long is this going to take? But yeah. if you're good, if, if you um, plan it out right, you might be able to uh, defeat all the enemies in one turn, basically, if you if you sure. just plan it out right. And they're like, okay, well, that, that did it. Uh, the other thing that I know shouldn't have stressed me out, but did stress me out with Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, was... Um, uh, a lot of the kind of scoring system of that game where it's like, oh, well, you took too many turns or, mm -hmm. oh, you're 
one character died, but you still won. But that means you it's you you got a silver medal. Yeah. It's like I I know that a lot of people like that sort of thing, but it kind of just stressed me out. Whereas here, it's just more of like, oh, you know, you beat the you beat the level, so you you won. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here's all these other uh, challenges that will be in come, place too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and, just and come I back later I'm, and do it again or something. Yeah, or there's a. Or you'll be wandering around and you'll be on a planet and go, oh, okay, this is this fight is really hard. I can't beat it right now. Okay, so I guess I'm going to come back to it later, um, which you're you're totally able to do. You can just say, not for now, and and then just uh, yeah, um, it, you won't get that collectible, which will unlock something on that planet until later. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it it just again like just the flexibility of it just makes it a lot more fun for me while there is also a lot of um ways that you can you know you can have the challenge or you can have the uh strategy without it being just so rigid like in the first game yeah definitely remember when this game was announced and they first showed the trailer, and people were like, "Oh my God, this must mean the Switch Pro is real and it's coming." What what a what an innocent time! And I know it's like it, it's a it, CG cutscene. People, come on, get it together. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and gra- grasping for straws looks, so so bad. It looks really good on the Switch, mm-hmm. and it runs generally really well. Uh, like there, I, I've had a couple of frame rate like. Mm-hmm. dips just w- once in a while just if, if there's a lot of enemies yeah. or if there's a lot going on you're like okay um and the other kind of quality of life thing is that there's a lot of loading screens they don't really take very long but you, you mm-hmm. kind of notice okay i i don't know why you need a separate loading screen for for this but there are a lot of games that do stuff like that like really we needed a loading screen for this okay i yeah, guess I was like, okay we're, we're we're doing that and, and they're and again like they're really short so it's it's not like obtrusive you're not like waiting around forever but it's uh but but yeah so th- those are the kind of um kind of quality of life uh things that might that that show okay yeah this is a switch game but it, I, I think it, it generally runs pretty well and is and is utilizing the hardware really well hmm. uh well not being a switch pro <laughs> I, I i really wonder how long is that gonna take they they finally put out all the games that were announced with the switch right like Bayonetta, Bayonetta three is out, or about is out now, right? Uh, or yeah, just like came out imminently? Just yeah. Okay. So Bayonetta yeah. three is out. That was announced when the Switch was announced, if I remember correctly. Uh, or was they, it Metroid uh, Prime four announced with a with a? No, no, that was that, that, that no, that was that was a like two years later or something. That was while we were doing the it podcast. It was not two years like, It was right at the start. I guess. Well, I guess we were doing the podcast after the year the switch came out i could have swore though that there was a whole like where's metroid thing like they didn't announce metroid for a while i don't remember yeah i feel like metroid came out while we were doing this podcast it might have been like a year in but also metroid has had the whole like Uh, got canceled or got like announced it was announced e3 2017 2017 yeah okay so that was three months after the switch came out Mm. yeah 
Weird. Okay. I, that's so weird. Well, yeah, because they I did remember... the whole, like, oh, we're stopping development, restarting with Rare. Yeah, and... they, must, they must just not have talked about it for, like, retro, two years. Retro? Yeah. Retro, not yeah, Rare. Yeah, because they, they, we've seen, yeah, they like, haven't. basically nothing yeah. about Metroid Prime. <laughs> But well, so, there was but the I, whole thing of like Reggie. When are you going to talk about Metroid? When are you going to talk about Metroid mm-hmm. for like multiple E3s? Because mm-hmm. he had the pin on oh. one year, the um, Samus pin, and everyone was like, "We're getting Metroid this year," and there was nothing about <laughs> anything Metroid at that mm-hmm. conference. It was <laughs> stupid. I don't. The, yeah, but we got Shin Megami Tensei that okay. came out earlier this year. That was announced I, I was when thinking... the Switch was announced. I think Bayonetta was announced it, when the Switch was, was announced. I. Th- think everything that was announced with the switch is now out so finally we can we can set it aside and we can get a switch too right that's that's what that means i just God, i will i will pay just, all the money i just I, want pokemon to run well <laughs> the new one I, looks good i am legitimately super excited about scarlet like and if, if you're like if you're willing to give up online functionality <laughs> which you should not have to do but uh, so you've got a device like, that keeps... could run that game better than the Switch, probably. Maybe, uh, maybe no, not. I don't know. It's well. I mean, a lot I of mean, the you emulation do, is but a not, big wait and see. Yeah, the, so like, not on a similar I form factor. Was, <laughs> I thought it was a, a well. I thought Switch emulation was like this magical thing where everything ran better, but it's not. Like no. the reason that Breath of the Wild in particular runs so well and looks so good on emulators is because you played the wii u version yep when you emulate it like yep. switch game emulation is not actually very good no not yet. <laughs> uh and it does not like there's a lot of games that run significantly worse on emulators even yep. on really powerful machines mm-hmm. like xenoblade chronicles for example runs mm-hmm. way worse on emulators and crashes all the time and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's emulation uh, so yeah no the, there's the, well i mean Yes, but you can uh, early play. If you early emulate... days of emulation, like you know, Switch is still pretty young in terms of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but and also I like the the a big draw yeah. of playing a Pokemon game oh, is yeah. to potentially play it online at some point, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it would be nice if there was a console that could play Pokemon. Look well. <laughs> I think I had this. I used to think. I think most of my Switch, Switch problems, or at least. They're either solved or mitigated by having controllers that I like sure. to hold now. <laughs> yeah, that that would probably be a do night it. and day yeah. difference because because I really like playing Splatoon three now and that game does okay. not run at sixty frames a second. No. And uh and and I and I have fun with it. So it, the frame okay. rate does not and playing it because I the key is to play it in handheld mode and not put it on the TV because mm-hmm. it looks worse and runs worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then to have controllers that I actually like to use for it has been a big help. I have not, yeah. since I got those Hori controllers, I have not once gone like, I fucking hate this thing. Uh, <laughs> and I've played a fair amount of Switch since I got them, so. Yeah, it, it's interesting how we kind of figure out, like, oh, like, yeah, I never put, uh, I, I almost never use the Switch in docked mode. I, I almost always use the Switch handheld mode. And I think that, like, kind of sees where the disconnected, like, man, I, I, I love my Switch, but I, I, didn't quite fully understand why you guys didn't love it as much, and then and then you started playing it a lot more with handheld and better controllers. It's like, yeah, yeah. I would works. I would hesitate to say that I love it at this point, right. but it definitely does not feel like it is getting in in the way as much of games right. that I like than than it was before. Playing Hollow Knight handheld is what 
drove me up the wall and was like, yeah, I'm done with this thing. This thing is uh, for, you know, anything but, like, Nintendo exclusives. Uh, because, like, and Hollow Knight is a very particular example, but it's such a platform-heavy game and, like, combat-heavy. And it was just the buttons did not feel good. The, the ergonomics were not good. And so that was what, like, it was handheld that drove me away from it, but... That's yeah, neither here nor there. Uh, and I get yeah, the the ergonomics thing is so much better. I agree with yeah, that big yeah. time, and it's so much better for me with the uh, mm-hmm. with the solve problem. So I'm looking forward to Pokemon. I'm I'm going to uh, try we... to just get over the, mm-hmm. the performance stuff. Sure. Uh, when are we gonna get Pokemon plus Rabbids? Oh God. Uh, the one thing I think that maybe will help is. With like Arceus, I was like, eh, maybe it'll run well. And then when it didn't, I found it pretty disappointing. And this game, I'm kind of like going in with the expectation of it running mm-hmm. poorly, <laughs> but the uh, everything else hopefully making up for it. So, in my opinion, the the performance of Arceus was not the issue. But eh, uh, I mean, we could talk yeah, about all that. Yeah, There's plenty of yeah, stuff about yeah, that game yeah. for and against that I have feelings yeah, on. But uh, totally, but, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, we know Pat loves to talk about all the points for and against games because he's got some problematic faves and I'm sure he's dying to update us on last week's Call of Duty 2. Oh, Modern the Warfare campaign's 2. whatever. There's, well, yeah, there's a lot of... You're playing You're playing uh, the multiplayer now, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't add it again to talk about the campaign more. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I like the campaign. I thought it was fun. There's some... I will say... It, there is a sequence in the campaign. I, I don't really... The problematic stuff in the campaign is kind of like... Have any Has anyone been playing Call of Duty for the last 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not excusing it or saying you shouldn't be critical of it, but if anybody's, like, shocked it's that the, there's it's a mission where you... the same stuff you, they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, like, they're the one that seems to be really offensive to people... I thought this mission kind of ruled, but I get why it's offensive too. You you like climb over. You're playing as Mexican special forces. You climb over Trump's border wall, uh, which is very funny because you just they just like park a ladder up to it and then climb over, chasing some cartel guys and then slide down the other side just like people do in real life. Uh, and like like you can do in real life is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you go through this like Texas border town as these special forces looking for these cartel guys, and there's a mechanic where you you bust into people's homes to mm. like try to get through to the cartel guys and the people will like threaten mm. to reach for the guns that they have laying around uh and yeah. you like aim at them to and it says hold right click to deescalate and that has people like really mad i don't know <laughs> it's yeah sure like i guess it's like you're playing as like a military guy and pointing a gun at civilians and yeah, sure there's I don't know. I there's so much shit that is bad <laughs> all over the world right now that I I totally support any critique that people want to write about how Call of Duty is like problematic and propagandistic. Totally. I I thought the mission was pretty fun. <laughs> it's very intense. It's like it's very much like a reverse the movie Sicario, like a reverse situation in that and it's I thought I, I thought it was intense. Like- also Hold right click to deescalate is new meme material. Yeah, F to pay respect. It is. Yeah, it's yes. Right click to deescalate. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, and there's a point where the police from the town roll up on you because you don't have jurisdiction there. You're like Mexican special forces. You're not really supposed to be there. <laughs> um, and the police roll up, and they're like, it's like a confrontation with them, and you have your hands up and stuff. And I thought that they did a pretty good job of like the police are super shitty, thick Texas accents, and like inclined to not believe you at first but then they just get destroyed by a like grenade that rolls into the car in between the cars and you dive and i don't know the the bad part of the campaign is in my opinion there's a part where they take all your guns away and you have to do a stealth mission and it's got like last of us two crafting mechanics where you're like crafting shivs and crafting lock picks and stuff and it fucking sucks (laughs) like it's just was there something like that in black like the most recent cold war in cold war i remember alex talking about there being like a hitman type campaign level or something no that isn't that that level is i would not call it i disagree that it's like hitman Mm -hmm. people did say that alex was the only one yeah i suspected that people Um, were over overstating yeah yeah that that mission Basically, in that mission, there's like three things you have to do in an area where there are, where you're not, you don't have guns, and you mm-hmm. have to like do little little environmental puzzles to do each of the things. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. This is more like a, just a standard stealth mission. Okay. They just added in some some stuff. The problem is that Call of Duty is not a good stealth game. There's no like vision cones. Sure. You don't have a mini map. You don't like. Yeah. There's not really mechanic. All you can do is throw bottles to distract guards, but sometimes they won't even run over to the bottles because the AI is not very good in the enemy. So anyway, that mission sucked. Uh, otherwise, I thought the campaign was enjoyable. It's like a born movie. I don't know. Like it, it, there, there, it, there's that whole genre of fiction is problematic for sure. And again, write all the critiques that you want to, but I guess it's it's like I don't I don't really think that deeply about game <laughs> the campaigns in those ga- to an extent like i guess like i've seen some takes on it that I, I think are interesting and important too so i'm not necessarily like arguing against the validity or importance of discussing it but talking about how it's like a right-wing propaganda machine or something and it's kind of like one i don't know if i fully agree with that on premise i, I would have to think about it a lot to f- craft an argument but two like I, I promise you that if someone is going to vote, if someone plays Call of Duty and is like, well, now I'm going to go vote for a conservative politician, there's much bigger problems at play in that person's life that lead to that decision than the video yeah. game. It's, so it's, we should be critical of things. And I support the criticism, but it's, I think it's in, yeah. There, there's, I've seen some takes that are like, if you play Call of Duty, I don't ever want to speak to you because you're like, you must be right wing or something, and it's just like I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't have energy it's for like saying that because the U.S. military approves Marvel scripts or whatever that that you know it's military propaganda and is going to radicalize people or whatever is yeah, yeah. there's like some of that. It's like oh rah rah fuck yeah the military, but also like you can simultaneously think gun go burr and. U.S. military should stop fucking around you, in other yeah, countries. You can, you <laughs> can fuck the CIA. That there might be some problems with with you know the, the thing that you like while also still totally yeah, yeah 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 for sure. There's I mean like if you look at 
a lot of things there's there's a problem there and it's like yeah it's this it's the tale as old as time and i used to be for a while i was the person who was like no problematic media at all and then i started to go like oh wait there isn't any unproblematic mm-hmm. media. It's all problematic on some right. level. And it's like, um, try your best to be, you know, an ethical consumer. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if if you're absolutist about it, you're like, you're yeah. going to have zero media, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. for sure. And it is an Activision Blizzard product. And I can see that argument a little more if you're uncomfortable with, you know, buying Activision yeah. products still. That's, mm-hmm. that's totally fair. Uh, anyway, the multiplayer, something that's completely unproblematic and there's no issues in terms of like, you know, it's just totally clean, good, good, clean fun is the multiplayer where you <laughs> play a spec crew and core tack and throw. Is this still like operators at each other? Russians versus non like Russia I, versus NATO? Or? No, no, okay. because is the, there any the narrative operators... tied to the multiplayer? See, see, I think the idea is that theoretically the answer is yes. But is that going to be in Warzone Two coming out? Yeah, probably. Soon, yeah, next next week, November sixteenth. Okay, so a couple, couple weeks. weeks. Uh, comes out the same time as the first season of the Battle Pass. Okay. Uh, for both, it's like joined. You get the, you can level up the Battle Pass by playing Warzone or playing Modern Warfare. Sure. Uh, but uh, the multiplayer is really good. I don't. It's it's. There's some tech stability issues that it has, but I think it's uh, the best that it's been since 2019's Modern Warfare. And I might like it more because they do some really interesting stuff with loadouts in this one that I think uh, are is pretty impressive. Um, naturally, it is getting absolutely destroyed by uh, reviews on Steam because anytime a major game comes out now, it's trash garbage. Everybody hates it. You know, that's just seems to be the way that all major multiplayer games, <laughs> mm-hmm. the public sentiment is always just this sucks. And I'm convinced that it's because all anyone actually wants to do is play the same game that they played mm-hmm. 15 years ago and they don't ever, ever, ever want anything different about but it. They also want it to be uh, the same game they played 15 years ago, but like how they remember it, not how it actually Exactly. Was. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. So far, the complaints are. I've seen things like. Uh, a notable streamer saying that SBMM is, quote, skill-based matchmaking for non-insane people who don't have to think about this every fucking day. Uh, A notable streamer said that he is not going to play Modern Warfare 2 because, quote, SBMM is ruining video games uh, and it's causing, like, the end of video games or something. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, uh, finally. Yes, finally. Call uh, of Duty, you're yeah, doing right. it. Playing Thank the last you. video game. Uh, Thank you. I've seen stuff about how, like, the... Game of the year. Um, <laughs> I've seen stuff about... Well, <laughs> there is a very unfortunate bug where if you try to play with four people right now, if anyone touches anything during the matchmaking, like, once you, you know, update your loadouts and stuff, but once you hit start matchmaking, if anyone clicks on anything... Except, like, you can't, all you can do is just click to other tabs of the menu. Uh Then the fourth person to join the party will crash. (laughs) (laughs) And it happened to one of my friends last night. And it was the, he was so so bad. So it became a thing where we had to be like, okay, click to the weapons tab. Now don't touch anything. Nobody touch anything while the matchmaking was happening. But they're aware of that. They're going to fix it. but yeah, I don't, it, I I think um, the maps are really cool. 
Uh, I like there's a map that has swimming in it, which is kind of cool because there's like swimming in the campaign. And so you can like dive into the water to avoid. Oh, dolphin dive. Yeah, dolphin diving is in it. Classic Call of Duty move, dolphin dive. But now you're actually, Mm -hmm. can you become an actual dolphin? No, but you can dolphin dive into the water. Uh, Could you uh, stick with me? So there's kill streaks, right? Uh huh. Yep. And so in like in like World at War, like Cold War, I don't know if I don't think it was in Modern Warfare, but there were there were like the dogs. You could call them the dogs as one of the kill streaks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what if on this map, instead of calling in dogs, you called in freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads? It'd be good. It'd be that'd good. Be, that'd be really uh, good. It would. I think you could do laser beam sharks, and it wouldn't totally ruin the aesthetic. Uh, it's you know you could put laser beams on sharks now. Yeah. Uh, it's in a documentary. Um. But uh, yeah, I like the the swimming map is good. Um, there are. There's like a map that's a highway. I think it's leading to like a border checkpoint or something. And it's just a highway with full of cars. And it's really good. It's like a highway overpass that you're fighting on. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a there's a bunch of really solid maps. And uh, the weapons feel really good. And I think the cool thing that they're doing now with loadout. There's very confusing like weapon platform trees. And then you change the receiver on the weapon so you can chamber it for different calibers or whatever. I, it, it's just different ways of weapon selection. But what they do now is once you max out the level for a weapon, you can actually tune each attachment using mm-hmm. a... So like if, a, if, a, if an attachment affects like aim, walking speed, and um, like range... And then on one axis, and then it affects like reload speed and mobility on another axis. You can actually tune it and move the two sliders so that it prioritizes one of those stats on each of those axes. Mm. So that if you, let's say you have an attachment that you like and you want the reload speed buff that it gives, but you don't want the... um but you don't care about the walking speed buff that it gives you. You can essentially tune out that walking speed buff to cancel out some of the like thing that it reduces mm-hmm. by turning that slider all the way away from it, but then keeping the reload speed where it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get really granular into how you kind of min-max weapons based on mm-hmm. what you want out of them. If you're like, if, if all you want is like laser focused recoil for example you could you could really min max stuff you'll pay the price in other areas of the weapon stats uh it's still a give and take but it's it's very very cool and leads to some and and then there's also this really cool firing range thing where when you're tuning weapon you can just click firing range and there's like no load time it just drops you into a range where you can try it and then you can pop out of that and keep working on it really easily so i like that stuff a lot it's very cool nice uh, so yeah, I'm going to continue to play a lot of that game. I, I think I'm level 31 out of 55 after playing for like an hour and a half or two Thursday night. And then I played a lot yesterday. Uh, is that like, and, because of like daily challenges or weekly stuff that is yeah, there stuff like that that's giving you XP to help you level up or are you there's, just there's double XP playing tokens. so much that you have made it through I half just, the progression? <laughs> 
I think I just played like eight hours of it in the course of a day and an evening and a day. <laughs> Still, that seems fast for like yeah. the initial progression. Kind but, of, uh, usually well, it takes like 55, 15-ish it, hours. It used to be a hundred, wasn't it? That's eh, been different all the time. Uh-huh. There was like years where it was 60, yeah, I, years I, where it was 80. Yeah. I haven't um, played since it's, Black Ops it's also, 1, so. It's you hit 55 and then the way prestige works now is it's a seasonal thing. So you have mm. like the season to hit the highest prestige rank that you can. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, it's like you hit 55 and yeah, you, you've unlocked all the stuff, but then you grind the weapon camos. And so you can sure. get the, you got to do all the weapon camo challenges on a gun and then you can get the gold camo challenge. Once you get the gold camo challenge, then there's a platinum camo challenge. And to do that, you have to get the gold camo on a bunch of guns in a family of guns. Mm-hmm. And then you can do the platinum challenge. So like there's the, there's so much to do in terms of those challenges so much to that, see. that it's yeah, that the, 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 the carrot on the stick to keep playing is never ending, uh, which is perfect because it's just enough. They really nailed, like I don't get upset about any of the, that stuff and the prospect of not getting it, but it's also a nice carrot. It's enough of a thing. That's cool. It's kind of like the, um, the, like, emblems in destiny where like the, the calling card kind of things yeah. um where like yeah i want to solo flawless this dungeon to get that emblem but i'm also not over here like i can't mm-hmm. fucking believe that they put a gun behind doing this and it's a really good gun mm-hmm. it's it's not like stressful in that way yeah uh, so it's cool but i will say there are already people there are streamers who have like already gotten half of the golden gun skins and it's just it's because it's all they do and, and so they're just insanely and these cracked are the people, and it's these their are the job people to who play get, it and they're the people who say they're going to quit because uh-huh. of SBMM mm-hmm. because they just want to play people like me who is pretty average at Call of Duty yeah. and get like 40 kills in a game it's it's very stupid yeah. uh, also fucking <sighs> this is my last piece and it's not even about the game Okay, the tie-ins the tie-in codes from places oh. have gone off the deep end <laughs> with this iteration of Get, Call of Duty. Okay, so wait, are you talking like products you can buy in a store? And okay. get skins for it. Okay. Can, can Alice and I start, take some guesses? Take, yeah, take some guesses. Take some, <laughs> you can tell us like hot or cold, like are we in the ballpark of the product or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got you, like... Doritos, Mountain Dew, that's got to be like a gimme, mm-hmm. right? I don't know about any Doritos ones. Mountain Dew for sure. Yes. Okay. There's okay. a Mountain Dew skin, and it's a pretty normal gun guy, except that he has a mountain, bottle of Mountain Dew in his vest. Okay. 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 Normal and I did buy two guy. bottles of Mountain Dew yesterday to get that. Okay. Pop-tarts? Oh, had... <laughs> no Pop-Tarts. That would be good. <laughs> okay. uh, that's pretty okay. cool. There, there's not breakfast food. I can't think okay. of any... We got food okay. items, and so um, I may not have seen all of them either. Too, we got so we got like a Colgate, like a toothpaste. Any kind no, of no, there's yeah. no hygiene products. Come on, I, hey, I, <laughs> hey, you know, if I were if I were behind a video game esport like Call of Duty, and I ran a hygiene manufacturer, I might advertise to the Call of Duty players. Be no, uh, no, less stinky. No. Uh, McDonald's. No, but there are there is a fast food. Uh, we got Burger so King. Is the, is is the king yeah. running around in there? 
It's so get this. This is deranged. It is Burger King, but it's Burger King in France and in select <laughs> other territories. You cannot oh. get. And there is a skin is, that, that is can be French redeemed globally. The is the French Burger King headless? I don't know. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there are. Guillotine. So you can, and the skin is incredible. It's like a Ted Ted Lasso looking motherfucker with his mustache, <laughs> with a big mustache. In, uh... Basically, that's, that's with a, a big mustache. And he has on a, a Burger Town t-shirt, which is the ripoff of Burger King that they put in Modern Warfare 2 that you defend in one of the best shooter levels ever. Um, and it's really, really good, but you can't get it in the United States. So mm. people have been using the app with VPNs to order Burger King <laughs> in France. To nowhere so that they could just get yes, the skin? So they could just get the code. Because it comes off of your digital receipt. Oh, my God. Oh. I hope they're like fighting um, people who are hungry and sending them some yeah, like, BK. I know, yeah. I wish. Yeah. You know, del- having it delivered over to a uh, like homeless shelter or something and Yeah, you know, I hope so. Eats 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 the king. Um <sighs> it's, it's uh, so that's deranged, yeah. So yeah, for okay. other ones There's a couple more. It's like There's they're like a cell phone more, company like AT&T or T-Mobile. I don't know. Not that I can th- okay. not that I've seen. Uh Let's see. Are are these things? Can you like buy them in a supermarket, or is this? Uh, yes, there is one of... other supermarket product. Uh. Uh. Oreos. No. No. Okay. Honey nut Cheerios. Just be the bee. No, think think more garbage. More more more. More garbage. Twinkies. More snack, more garbage. Not not quite that garbage. <laughs> um, um, I don't know uh, if you're going to get... This is a weird jerky? one. Yeah, you got it. Jack oh, Link's beef jerky. Yeah! I, I, that makes sense. You get a ghillie suit okay. that is like a, Made supposed of beef to look jerky. like Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Sure. No, it's, they should have done that. They're cowards. <laughs> uh, yep. Beef and then the last ghillies. one... The last one I'll just share because it's sure. it's part of my own personal anguish. Uh, there's a Little Caesars tie-in. Right, okay, yes. Mm. The Call this. of Duty meal where you get a Little Caesars pizza and sticks, which is like half pepperoni pizza, half cheese bread, mm-hmm. and a Mountain Dew. But the problem is that I'm pretty sure that those pizza and sticks things only come with pepperoni because I think they're frozen. Oh, and so I can't get the. I can't even like order the meal unless I mm-hmm. just like give it away. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. But, hey, I mean, the people getting this Burger King thing are doing stupider shit. <laughs> I know, and it is only eight dollars. So I'm going to probably you could you could find later someone today, who needs a burger, yeah, or who, a, a little who, Caesar's meal. There should be like a like a an online service that connects you to somebody in France that really wants Burger King but doesn't give a shit about Call of Duty, and you can share the cost of a meal or something. I'm sure you can convince someone to go buy a Little Caesars meal and give you the code. <laughs> I could, but that feels dirty. Also, you know, it's like the shittiest thing on their menu. Nobody wants to eat that. Uh, I'm going to walk into the Little Caesars later today and say. 
hi, I'd really like to get this special so that I can get the Call of Duty skin because it's and the emblem that says Pizza Pizza on it. Okay, that's good. And <laughs> I'm willing to provide to give you eight dollars. Is there any way that instead of getting this the pizza and sticks, I could just get a cheese pizza, hot and ready cheese mm-hmm. pizza with it instead? And see what they say. I'm guessing oh. the answer is going to be no. You know, if I worked at a little <laughs> but, Caesars, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, get, get the they fuck also out of here unfortunately, it, unfortunately, I say this with great shame. The little Caesars does know who I am because <laughs> <laughs> I go there. I don't go there like weekly, but I go there frequently enough mm-hmm. that they yeah, release once a month. So. What? Well, uh, yeah, yes, when definitely. The... Like once or twice a month territory. When the place I used to go get food for when I uh, at my old job where I used to go get lunch when they were like oh hey how are you doing and it's like oh god you know who I am now it's like no I, yes, I was ecstatic have the exact same sandwich I was ecstatic uh, when the ramen place where I used to live uh, like I sat down they're like are you getting the same thing as usual like, yes I am thank you and then I moved like two weeks later, and <laughs> so I was sad about that. I'm I wasn't sorry. going to that place anymore. But finally, I established myself as a regular at a place in Japan. That felt good. But okay, so Jack Link's beef jerky, Burger King. That's okay. This this all sounds very very interesting, Pat. Uh, curious to yeah. see anyway. what I cur- I'm curious to see what ridiculous tie-ins they uh they do going forward uh like you know they godzilla yeah, we'll john mcclain snoop dogg oh yeah yeah what what is yeah. The, i hope they come uh, sooner rather than later a lot of times they wait until like the second half of the year yeah when things like that for things have slowed down yeah. or whatever but i want them to do it quick sooner out of the sure. gate let's go yeah i don't i i like the dumb you know yeah <laughs> attack on titan was i think the dumbest thing last year's in last year's game okay that slaps uh and, you could get a, get a you spy could, family, a, get Anya, Anya Forger oh running would around. Play, <laughs> I would play. Oh my god, I would play Call of Duty if I got to play as Anya. Like honestly, there was there was there's a there's a Titan I'm skin so in Call of Duty Vanguard that looks like a Titan, hmm. but like person sized. Uh-huh, yeah, so it's just like some naked, weird, muscly guy yes, running around. A weird, muscly, naked man running around. It was. Oh, it was a lot. It was very funny. Uh, and then they also had Goku like, and Call of Duty. Is that like the next? The no, next... he's in Fortnite. Unfortunately, so like whatever. Fortnite got him. Uh, Goku is a no, I Goku think... is for everybody. I would like it if they put. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what the tie-ins could be this time. The last Modern Warfare's tie-ins were uh, in the. It was like early Halloween event thing that they did for it where because it came out a little later in the year than this one did. Yeah, it, was at, it came out after Halloween. So the following Halloween, they put in Leatherface from Texas right. Chainsaw, Billy the Puppet from Saw, and I can't remember who the other one was. Michael was Myers. One other one, I think. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't think it was Michael. Maybe I don't think it was Michael Myers. Um, But yeah, it was it was good. I would I hope that they'd go kind of bonkers with it there you're usually a little more like reserved with modern warfare because it's supposed to be the serious main one but i hope they throw that those shackles off and make some good skins for it sooner rather than later that's the weirdest thing about the whole game right now is 
there's nothing to buy in it until the 16th of November. Weird. So, okay. So like I I got the game on the Battle.net launcher mm-hmm. because I had currency from the last game because mm. this is this is the first time it's been on Steam in a while. Um but I didn't buy it on Steam. I bought it on the Battle.net launcher because I wanted to keep my $10 in COD points that I had sure. <laughs> sitting around. Uh, which it turns out ended up being a good thing because I guess Steam has a lot more technical problems. Like Steam version of the client has issues launching a game or something. But yeah. Anyway, it's it's a fun game. I'm probably going to play a fucking lot of Modern Warfare 2 over the next year. All right. Well, congratulations. And hopefully it uh, continues to entertain and you'll be able to climb to the top of the leaderboard because all the the crack players are going to get mad about skill ba- skill based matchmaking and mm-hmm. you'll be yep. king of the castle giga sweats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you've also i have no idea what this game is pat this this other game you've brought it's some sort of oh that's resource or like management simulator things oh yeah so 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 coming from uh it's it's a the newest game from paradox which developers of of Uh stellaris and crusader kings and europa universalis oh wait okay Um, yes no okay so i saw this oh how did i see it described it's like to it's what oh god there's something about Crusader Kings is Mary fuck kill with popes and Victoria is something else uh different. Yeah. So Victoria is a is a simulation of running a nation between like from the years of 1836 to 1936. Yeah. So it's a 100 year period, you know, kind of at the in the first half of the the 19th century into the early 20th century. Uh and it is a um dizzyingly complex economic simulation at its core with a somewhat thin but for me approachable and 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 enough uh political and warfare system kind of draped over it so it's getting a lot of it's a paradox release so paradox games are always for the most part they come out and people think they suck and then they work on them for like years and then mm-hmm. people love them mm-hmm. um it's all about the foundation and um this is the first time i've played a victoria game i've played a fair bit of stellaris and i've played a fair bit of crusader kings two and three over the years i didn't click with three that much but i did play you know like 10 hours of it uh and these are what we would call like grand strategy games which differ from something like a civilization because you might say, well, civilization covers a longer period of time and stuff, but civilization is more about the kind of tech tree and developing like the pieces on the board. And yes, they're, they're, you're playing it more like a tabletop, like risk. That's not to say that it's, it's not to say that it's worse in any way, but it's just a very different kind of strategy game. They're also they also tend to strive for balance. Victoria is not balanced in any way. It is the 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 countries are set at the game start the way that they were historically in 1836. So naturally, there's going to be different countries that are powerful hmm. 
than others. You know, if you want to play as um, like, uh, for example, I first started playing as South Africa. South Africa has it pretty fucking rough at the start in 1836. Because, uh, like, it's been, like, settled by Europeans, but their economy is in shambles, and it's difficult. And I ended up not continuing to play as, <laughs> as South Africa because mm. oh, uh, it, was, it was rough to get started. And so uh, this game is, um, like I said, deeply complex. I don't think the tutorials are particularly great. They're better than nothing but they are adaptive and the idea is that you can pick any country you want to play as and then they recommend four up front so i'm playing as sweden now and having a lot more a lot better time learning yeah. mechanics as sweden exactly uh i'm trying to to improve my relations with denmark because they're spoiling for war uh but what's what's interesting about this game is i the way that it clicks over time i think is really satisfying so at its core, like I said, it's an economic sim simulation. So you're picking one of these countries and then you are kind of guiding them through history and, and all kinds of things. It doesn't shy away from the awfulness of the 19th century in a lot of cases. So you're making choices about like, like if you play as the United States, when you start in 1836, there's uh, slavery, like the, mm -hmm. there's an active slave trade and, um, and, and you can abolish slavery, but, uh, you know, sometimes to get that, to, when you do that, you will create schisms within countries that lead to civil wars and uprisings and revolts and stuff like that. Um, and so there's things like you make choices about like child labor and stuff like that, too. There's all kinds of different, you know, icky subjects that I think they handle relatively well by just being honest about them. They don't really like color them as um, they, the, 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 they assume that you are a moral person who believes that slavery is bad and wrong, basically <laughs> from a moral perspective. Uh, and then they do their best to portray that with game mechanics as a like, Hey, this is the reason that people wanted this, but it also causes these negative impacts to your society um, by, by keeping this. So you make a lot of interesting choices like that, but the core of the game is in a lot of cases, setting a goal for yourself and then trying to make take baby steps to achieve that goal because the game is played in real time. There's like a tick. There's like a bar that fills up, and at the, every time it fills up, a week goes by, and it kind of ticks the economy and everything on that weekly schedule. So it, it's it's functionally kind of turn based, but everyone is basically taking their turn at the same time, and you can pause it whenever you want. Um, but and then you can adjust the speed that it's moving at as well. And so you're making decisions on things like, like, let's say I want to improve the standard of living for um, my laborer population. Because each country's population is broken down into what are called POPs. POPs can be of different strata economically. So you have farmers and laborers kind of on the lower strata end as examples and then like aristocrats and um, capitalists and stuff and like the upper strata and it's just based the strata is just this determined is like wealth distribution basically different pops have different degrees of influence within your government 
Um, and so as a player, you may, for example, if you want to get your country to adopt communism, then you might want to empower the labor class in your country. And because you're not really just straight up playing as like the king of that country, you can't just like, and this isn't, this isn't how it works in real life either. You can't just say like, okay, aristocrats, fuck you. The laborers are the most important people now. You actually have to empower them through the, the simulation to, to bring about that change. So you can, so I'll say I want to increase the standard of living for my labor class. So what is that? How does that generally standard of living increases not only, but generally it increases most by their uh, income, by like how much money they have, um, which is true in real life as well. We, we like to say money can't buy happiness, but typically standard of living is largely determined by your income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there are other factors in Victoria that can influence them, like climate and all kind and stuff, access to goods that they want to buy and stuff like that. But but they have to have income to be able to buy them. So you want to create jobs. So I'm going to so so I say okay. Well, I know that if I expand my woodcutting capacity, then that's going to create jobs for the 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 laborer class. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to spend money out of the treasury to purchase like to pay for the construction. It's going to take 28 weeks to build more wood cutting. What I do notice though is that because of that, thankfully my wood cutting is very productive because by adding more jobs, it's going to add more wages. And so it's going to reduce the productivity of the building because they have to pay out more wages. And they they will hopefully in the long term also sell more wood, but it's like you, there's there's it's a balancing act between the balance the expenses and, and and stuff. So I build out my my construction, and now I've got another thousand two thousand jobs for laborers. So laborers fill in those jobs, and now they're getting wages, and now I can tax them for the from those wages, and it goes into my you know balance for the state. Um, and that I think is the biggest thing that is a, I had a hard time wrapping my head around is in this game, you don't, it's not like other strategy games where I build woodcutters and then they produce wood for me to then spend on building buildings. It's that I'm spending money from the treasury to, to stoke the, the, the construction of more woodcutting, but that's then creating jobs and then potentially more output in terms of wood. But I'm not seeing that doesn't matter for my balance sheet because the only way that I'm bringing money in is by taxing the people that are receiving the wages from this building. Mm. So, or, and also, you know, there's other things you can tax too, right? Like you can tax the trade of wood then if there's more trade. Because once we have a surplus, then we can start thinking about opening up trade to other markets and releasing some of these supplies. You can also then go back and say, well, no, I want to enact policy to protect the domestic supply of this so that you shouldn't trade it as much because we have a wood shortage. And so where this starts to get really, really crazy is when we start talking about, say, furniture. I want to build, a, I, I, my people demand furniture. I can see in the market sheet they're importing tons of furniture from France. We can make the furniture here in Sweden. We have the wood cutting capacity now because we're exporting a bunch of wood. So let's reduce exports on wood. We're going to build a furniture factory. We build the furniture factory. Furniture needs to make furniture you need wood and you need fire like uh, cloth or leather. Mm -hmm. So we have 
those are byproducts of our farming industries, which are specific. You know, there's live, there's livestock farming, there's wheat farming, there's rye farming, yeah. like there's different kinds of sure. farms. So now I need to go, okay, well, I want to shift my livestock farm to use this new production method that produces maybe a little less meat, but it produces more leather. So I'm going to do that. That has cascading effects on the market because now there's less meat on the market. So maybe it drives up the price of grain because there's less there's less meat to buy. So that's a whole other can of worms you can go look at. But now we've got more leather for our furniture factory. And but we don't have enough laborers for our furniture factory because we're just we've already You're an agrarian increased society. production. Well, we've already increased production on wood, and so they got yeah. jobs at the the wood cutting place. So now they're not necessarily working at the 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 furniture factory. So I'm going to research a technology that industrializes aspects of the furniture process with machines. Mm-hmm. So I need fewer laborers, and so I can enact that that, and then, okay, but now. We're also adding another input because now we have machines in the process. We need tools to fix them. So now the tools become another input of the factory. I don't have much tool manufacturing. I have to import the tools from another market where they do have more machine tool factory. And now is the furniture factory making a profit because now we're importing tools in order to 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 make the fact of the furniture. But you know, yes, it still is product productive enough that I'm I'm seeing a profit and like so. <laughs> you're thinking about all this stuff like this is playing this game but then on top of that there's also Denmark is just across the bay and they are fucking they want our they want your furniture like land and our resources <laughs> they want our iron mines yeah whatever um so i'm also trying to manage a political relationship with them to prevent warfare or you could say well fuck it i want to go to war with them and just wipe out denmark yeah. And finally, a as, game that really just lets you ha- let Denmark have it. And and if let's say I do go to war with Denmark, then France is like, whoa, 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 whoa. we do a lot of trade with Denmark, so we're going to send our troops to help Denmark. And the UK or like Great Britain is like, well, okay, but we get cheap furniture from Sweden. We don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, they are IKEA for us, so we don't want to. We don't want to lose. <laughs> lose that relationship so we're going to send troops on behalf of them and then like you could end up in a world war over furniture uh <laughs> and so it's a it's the a ottoman really, empire really, that's that's what that is right uh yeah, exactly <laughs> tons of ottomans everywhere <laughs> uh, damn it um uh anyway it's it's like very overwhelming because it also doesn't tell you the tutorial does guide you towards like maybe you should make furniture it's so it's not like it doesn't help you at all because it'll it, it's it kind of gives you nuggets along the way but it, it is there's periods where you're just sitting there staring at the screen like i don't want to touch anything because i'm going to break it all if i touch anything <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, some world leaders could you know stand to realize that they just, don't touch it it's it's working sometimes you know other times you do need to touch it up, but there are there are things just don't touch that it's okay but you have so many opportunities like you know what if you, what if france took over all of europe in the 1860s what oh would the God. world look like like what would what would things be like if i mean and and what's cool is that different native and indigenous peoples are represented as pops within this too. Like 
that's another gross part of the period is that colonization had kind of happened and was still ongoing. Um, and, but you can have things like, you know, in Mexico, um, there are indigenous people that if you support through clever industrialization and policymaking, you could, you could maneuver, you know, the Mayan people to being at the head of government and, and, and like, and build like, this is, you know, the Mayan people run Mexico basically and, and are now going to go back to Europe and <laughs> to mm -hmm. declare war or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's all kinds of very interesting scenarios that you can craft that require you. It like, it's very, um, it's good brain feelings. Cause it's like, I want to, my goal is to see, you know, the British empire give away all their, their release, all of their holdings and become a communist society. You could make that happen. That's possible to have happen. And then the economics of that are completely different, obviously, because communism is very different than capitalism. So I'm really enjoying it. It's like I said, it's had a kind of mixed response from fans of the series. There's a lot of people that think that it is the warfare is too simple. I haven't done gotten into any wars, but the war is wars are like you don't command individual battalions of troops. You're just kind of like we're at war and this is the front and I have my general that I put there. And then it's all about like your supply lines and economics and like what, what army has more people and stuff. It's less about actual like tactics and positioning and rolling dice. Um, so people think that should change. It's a paradox game though. So it's going to be the, the main Victoria for like 10 years and they're going to put out like $400 in DLC for it over that mm -hmm. 10 years. <laughs> um, so I, I, I wouldn't really worry about it. Um, like Victoria two came out in <laughs> August 30th, 2010. Wow. And we're just now getting Victoria three. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, it's going to be supported for a long time. Uh, Europa Universalis came out in like 2013 and that'll probably be the next EU four. And the mm -hmm. next game that they make will probably be EU five. And when that happens, there should also be the ability to take a, a start in Crusader Kings 3. Very different game, but play <laughs> through it and then import the world state at the end of your Crusader, 3, right. Crusader Kings 3 game into Europa Universalis 5. You can do it with 4 right now, but it's getting the save out of 4 that's hard. It'll probably work better with 5 when 5 comes around. Then you play through 5, which simulates the colonial period. like It simulates the end of the Renaissance or kind of mid-Renaissance to the beginning of the 19th century, then hand that off to Victoria 3 and play Victoria 3 with that world state through 1936. And then Hearts of Iron 4 is a World War II, their World War II grand strategy game. And so then you can pick up the save <laughs> in Hearts of Iron 4. So it's kind of a cool way to, to you can sort of see the whole scope of, of sort of modern society, I guess. Um, from yeah. from medieval times all the way to through the end of World War Two, so I think it's I think it's cool. I think Victoria Three is, you know, if you really liked Crusader Kings, and it's not on Game Pass, unfortunately, which is part of why I think I was, Crusader I Kings just had penetration. But um, Victoria Three is is a very cool game. It is like I said, dizzyingly complex. You have to really be into grain pricing, basically. Like you have to be really into the <laughs> idea of like, if I increase grain production, can I tax uh, liquor more and how does that can I get away with it um, 
then that's that's kind of core to liking the game. But I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Really into grain pricing these days. Man, I need a game where I can just like you, focus on grain pricing. Sort of like you could fix you could fix bread prices in this game. Oh shit! Oh fuck! We poop Pete Buttigieg. Is that you? Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg Simulator 2022. <laughs> I'm sure you could get a mod. That puts him in. A friend of mine got DLC, Karl Marx too. First I DLC. I'm not sure if Karl Marx was born in his Belgium or if he like traveled there. Mm-hmm. But Karl Marx was in Belgium and he's hot on the edge of turning Belgium into a socialist republic. Hell yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good work, Karl. Uh, yep. Let's see when when he's born eighteen eighteen so so it's probably that he traveled there yeah he's like born in eighteen eighteen Germany so yeah oh yeah yeah all right well uh that fixing grain prices huh uh, one the, so the the yeah. the real thing that's gonna be fun not more thoughts about the game but I have a group of um actually it's like half people that we play Destiny with. Mm-hmm. But and then half another few people who are also really into this game, and we're hoping maybe next weekend, weekend after, we're going to play a multiplayer game. Okay. Which the weakest parts of Victoria Three are for sure that the diplomacy system is a little thin, mm-hmm. um, and same thing with the warfare system. I kind of like this because it's keeping them simple means I can learn the economic part of the game, which yeah. is a bear. Um, but there will for sure be DLC within the next couple of years that addresses the political system, sure. the, the warfare system. Uh, but playing multiplayer kind of takes some of the, it adds more depth to the diplomatic part of the game because mm-hmm. you're actually just talking to other people instead of doing like mechanical stuff with the AI. So yeah, that should be fun. Uh, and, and the, I find the, specific imbalance of somebody saying you know what fuck it i want to play as the kingdom of hawaii (laughs) and everybody else playing major powers is a very Mm -hmm. satisfying thing especially because there's also no winners and losers really Mm -hmm. like you can choose a metric to score yourself on whether it's gdp or standard of living or treasury or whatever but uh yeah it's it should be pretty entertaining to to play this game multiplayer yeah I look forward to hearing what shenanigans takes place in that game because knowing if there's some of the people we play Destiny with, I'm sure it'll get real silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am not here for silliness. I, I have brought a very serious game today. Uh, it is It is another horror game, one that I was not aware of uh, until, like, three days ago uh, when I just saw like a polygon review and it was, it was uh, writing, making some big claims about this game. Let's let's say that Uh, it was saying this game captures the essence of early like PS one era, silent Hill and resident evil. Okay. Uh, And this game is called cool. Signalis, and it is on Game Pass. Uh, if you are yeah. so inclined to play there, or it's twenty bucks on Steam, so you know, not too expensive. How long to beat? Just to get that out of the way. It looks like it's about nine hours. I am like okay. two two ish hours in. My my time's a little weird because uh, of sure 
uh, had to, but my phone, my phone case arrived and I was like, oh, I'm just going to put this on while I'm here. And that took a longer to put on the screen protector than I thought it was going to take. And then there was like, I had a bug when I started where it didn't, I played for like an hour yesterday and it didn't save my progress, even though like I definitely saved my progress (laughs) and quick resume didn't work. It was just like shutting the game and nothing was saving. I don't know what was happening, but I've resolved all those issues, it seems. And I'm playing uh, Signalis, which is a isometric, top-down isometric, like, kind of. It's it's a weird perspective. It's almost, like, 2D side-scroller, but not. Um, and you are playing what I believe is a, called a replicator... I think, uh, and there, it's, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It is some sort of sci-fi future and there's like the nonlinear timeline. So it's, it's hard to make sense of like certain events and who's who and what is happening where, but game starts and you come out of some sort of cryopod and discover that your ship has crashed, uh, on this planet. You're the other person who I believe if you're a replicator or an S Esther, some, some sort of thing, there's gestalt like pilots or I don't know. So it's near. Yeah. So it's near. Yeah. It's near. You're you're playing near and you're nine S and then you're (laughs) trying to find two B and two B is missing or something. I don't know. Uh, So you're, you're making a way around the ship and you are finding, you find a picture and you and you look at the picture on the back and you inspect it and you're like, oh, here's like the same grid that's on the other cryopod, but it's got like the the keypad shaded in. So I'm like, okay, I need to activate those buttons to activate the cryopods and open it. You know, those kinds of puzzles uh, would very Resident Evil, a little, eh, a little bit of uh, Silent Hill, early Silent Hill in there as well, I guess. Um, I think it. The puzzles stem more Resident Evil, I would say, and then like the storytelling is a bit more Silent Hill, um, in that way. Mm-hmm. But so you go. This is just you know spoilers for the first like fifteen minutes of the game, just kind of give you an idea. So you're you're making your way around this abandoned ship. You find out oh we crashed. The ship is no longer operational. And you could find the the elevator outside. There's like EVA suits or whatever they are, and one of them's missing. So you're like, okay, maybe the other person isn't here. Find a picture. You get the get the code. Open the other cryopod that has a key. It's broken. Oh, how do I fix this broken card key? I don't think this would actually work, but you find some tape and you just tape. You know, you tape it up. You combine the tape and the card key and put those together, and then you can use that to open up the. Uh, you know, get your suit and head out into this barren mm-hmm. icy planet all all of this takes place in like this you know somewhat top-down view or mm-hmm. weird like i don't know this weird camera angle i don't know how to describe it uh so then you go out and it switches to first person and so it becomes almost like a 999 nonary game type view 
And so you're like walking through the snow and you come to this big fuck off hole in the ground with a weird spooky staircase uh, that is, does not look safe. There's no hand railing there. You know, it's very It's curious. not up to code. No, not up to code at all. This this would not, uh, you know, OSHA would have some OSHA notes. Would hate. <laughs> OSHA would have some notes. Uh, well, was it zoned? <laughs> is it zoned industrial or is it zoned for commercial? You know, I I, I don't know. It's it looks a little. Or is um, it? It's probably like residential. residential. Is that, it's, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. It looks it's not an OSHA complaint. It's like kind of like you a make ADA what, what is like Stonehenge zoned as? You know, like that's kind of the area we're looking. Like if Stonehenge had a big fuck off hole in the middle, and then <laughs> a staircase it's going serious. down, a big a weird hole. Okay. Like this, it's like this stuff is like very Silent Hill. Like I could see where people because like. I was like, oh, I don't want to go down this hole. I, that doesn't seem good, like a great good. place it to go. It seems like, you know, uh, yeah, like, I have some level of uh, self-preservation, but it's mm-hmm. like, gotta play the game, so. Yeah, like, I just walk through a blizzard, and I'm just like, ah, i just gonna go down this hole. I, why? I don't know. Uh, and so at the bottom of this hole, there's a hole in the wall. This is like the most Silent Hill thing. As you, and you look in the hole in the wall, and you're like, there's a light at the end of this hole. I'm, should I cl- crawl in? I'm going to crawl in. I've got nothing else I can do. So you crawl in the hole and you find some weird bunker room with like a radio and like a bed and books and there's a door out. You can't get to the door out. You can look around the room. And you're like, oh, there's some old imperial tomes on the wall and there's a radio, there's some pictures and there's a there's a, a, a book that's calling to you on the desk. It's the King in Yellow. Ooh, yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, so it, uh, and you pick that up, and then it gets, it starts showing you spooky images, and like, oh. You had my curiosity, uh-huh. but now you have my attention. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I was like, mm, I think that Pat is going to like this. And so then that's when the game, uh-huh. uh, like, kicks okay. off more in earnest, is like, it gives you spooky images and a lot of German. This is a German studio who made it, and lots of German and Chinese in this game. So. Mm. It's like I don't know what you're saying here. I don't know if I should, if I need to know. I I don't think you need to because there is also the things you need to know are translated at some point. Uh, but there's a lot of it, you probably get more flavor if you speak some German or Chinese. Um, so after this happens, you jump to some other time. I don't know if you're a different character. You look similar, but I'm not sure if that's like a you're like a clone type thing, or I, I I don't know what's going on in this game really, uh, but you are in this like facility um, looking for your sister, and you quickly come to find out that there is some sort of disease or issue, medical issue happening with the replicants, replicators. I can't even remember what they call mm-hmm. it anymore. Uh, maybe they might be replicants um, that is basically causing them to malfunction and become zombie type things or like silent hill enemies like they because they're walking around with knives and trying to cut you and there's some that look yeah yeah like you know they got weird arms and they're crawling out of the ground at you and all this kind of stuff so you are going around and finding you know people's diary entries where they're saying oh they're they're not letting me out of my letting me out of my room and I don't know what's happening. 
I'm classic. So, yeah, you know, stuff like that. And all the while, you're going through this facility trying to find your sister. You're coming across other individuals who have been in this facility for a while and are, you know, in questionable shape and mental, questionable mental stability. You come across one lady and she is just standing over the corpse of one of these, uh, you know, monster people with a knife mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just like, Ooh. yeah, just like stabbing them and like killed them. Like, okay, uh, well, I'm looking for my sister. See ya. And <laughs> <laughs> walks out and you're like, damn. Uh, and, you know, you can talk to these people multiple times as you find them. I didn't realize that you could talk to them multiple times when you first met them, but I realized later on, like, oh, I can keep talking to this person. They'll say different stuff. Interesting. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you do play it, you can get some more uh, thoughts and feelings out of these people, maybe a little more world building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been, I think the puzzles so far have been pretty good. They're just tricky enough that they feel like uh that they make you think, but they're not so difficult yeah. that you like have to walk around and be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I've had one where it took me a while to figure out the answer. Like I, I knew what I was supposed to do, but it just like figuring out one of the things is there are wall safes. Uh and you find these memos like next next to every wall safe saying someone is broadcasting a secret frequency that is that has all the codes to the wall safes. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, we have to figure it out. <laughs> and you you find stuff like throughout the. You find more and more documents of them like finding people and, um, like punishing them for being involved with the with the, you know, broadcasting or having a radio that's broadcasting the frequency, and or you know they said some like some sort of, for forbidden word taboo word and so they're punished for that and they have to like work extra cycles or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but so you have this radio that you get eventually Uh, you can cycle through different frequencies and the different frequencies are doing uh the codes for the wall safes but they're not you don't know which code goes with which safe they find a new safe and you're like okay well i gotta try this code okay it wasn't that code is it this code and not that code and then you find okay it was this code okay i did it found the code and there i on like the second safe third safe i found third safe i found there is a complication that is added that makes it more difficult and it's not just okay listen to the code and then put it up Mm. it is you have to do another step in there and i goofed up that step for a while and so i did all I, i did like half the codes and then realized oh no i fucked up when I was doing this, when I was like decoding, oh, I'm going to keep going and do it right. And then I guess I'll go back and do it again. And then it was like the last code I tried, which was the first code I tried, but I did it wrong. <laughs> it's like, damn it. That was frustrating, but mm-hmm. that, that was my bad. I was not paying attention. That was totally my bad, but it was, it was frustrating. It took me like 10, 15 minutes to like go through and okay, I got to do this. Okay. Now I got to write down this. Okay. Now I got to put it in. Cause th- you're do I'm playing on Xbox and the controls when you're in this first person views like doing the codes it's like cursor like mouse cursor type control 
-hmm. So it's, and it's very slow. It is not, it is not a fast game by any means. And so you just like, okay, now I have to go through and to push all the buttons. And then go down. Okay, enter. Okay, now I got to do it again. And I got to go back into the menu <laughs> and I got to adjust the radio dial to the right frequency, to the next frequency. Okay. And, it, you know, it's not, this is a very slow and deliberate game. It, it could have used some maybe quality of life things to just make going through some of these menus quicker. Maybe it'd be alleviated playing on PC with mouse and keyboard, which it it's probably better to play this game with like a mouse and stuff, just like being able to aim and stuff when you get to the combat scenarios. There is a lock-on, but it's not like super... You're not locking on super hard immediately. You have to like sure. still point in the direction, and but it's still like it. It can be a little loose with that. So combat is not like the strongest part of the game, but it's it's very. It borrows from Resident Evil remake. I think it's only in remake. It might be in director's cut of like Resident Evil One where the enemies, some enemies, will get back up after you've killed them. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, I took care of this enemy. Oh, shit, they got back up. Like, after on the third time, I came back through this room. But they give you some tools to take care of that. Like, you get thermite grenade, and you can burn their corpses with that, those, and so they won't come back. But I'm playing it like a survival horror game, and I'm trying to conserve ammo when I can and run past enemies and dodge, dip, duck, and dive dodge uh, as i can but sometimes those those hallways are narrow and they will just like they will hit you real quick and slap you with that cleaver which is uh, mm -hmm. not nice and you're like oh god that's a lot of blood i i should not be bleeding that much uh but it's uh i am curious to see what is going on with this narrative because yeah, sounds interesting. I mm -hmm. I really had like I beat the first boss, and then it took me into like an another like nonlinear narrative thing, and then it took me I think back to like after the boss fight, and but I was like, wait, okay, this I I guess we're in this room. I don't. Where are we? Okay, now I uh, that guy sucks. Okay, uh, it was very shocking and confusing and hard to follow, which I think is fine. Uh, but it is trying to communicate what is happening here is uh, difficult because I, I don't really know. But I'm interested in the like the backstory and the nonlinear stuff they're doing because yeah, there's like spooky stuff happening, but it's not so scary that like I need to like set it down and take a break or anything like that. I think I said the same when I was talking about Scorn. It was oftentimes when I play a horror game, certain games get are just like kind of taxing. And you're like, okay. Like I dealing with the survival stuff. I'm like, okay, if that was a stressful situation, I need to like stop this game and go do something else. I haven't really encountered that with uh Signalis personally. Your mileage is gonna vary, but I Everything, the like visuals and stuff are 
abstract enough or not like super they're not super high fidelity you're not seeing like sure yeah spiralized heads like resident evil 2 remake or uh you're not there's not like an enemy constantly chasing you or anything like that you're able to get to safety pretty quickly and easily and it's not constant stress of oh god i'm being chased or there's enemies around every corner so you there's a lot of time to breathe and think about what you're doing where you're going and all that kind of stuff so yeah signalis it's on game pass steam uh probably maybe other places i don't know it's on playstation 2 i i saw a copy cool. when i was at the mall today <laughs> yeah i i would check it out It'd probably be a great steam deck game yeah yeah like i was it. i was just wondering because i'm like oh that sounds pretty cool yeah it like it's not demanding at all it's i i assume like i, I haven't actually i'm playing on the series x or s but like i assume it's a pretty uh let's see what is the yeah uh minimum system requirement intel core i5 2300 so uh, uh graphics nvidia gts 450 so there you go yep yeah not not anything uh new like this looks like it could be a ps1 game but sometimes it goes into yeah, like that... some pretty cool like first person stuff the... which is very like notary really game pretty yeah yeah like, it, it's a great aesthetic really good yeah so yeah there's like silent hill meets resident evil meets notary game stuff going on uh, with like God, you know how to get to my heart with that nonary game. Yeah, like it, <laughs> it's like the some of the puzzles are reminiscent of the puzzles in the nonary game, um, and like a little bit of the artwork is like, eh, not really, but yeah, there's there's interesting stuff. It's got a neat art style. It's like bootleg anime, like something that like middle school, high school like oh i'm gonna draw anime person would almost draw but like leveled up and like you know well done like quality yeah (laughs) but that like you know a a teenager learning to draw anime but then make that into its own style and like elaborate on it and perfect it kind of uh i guess if that makes sense uh yeah it's it's a neat thing and i am curious to see where it goes because I, I don't know where it is. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> Some sort of mining facility, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, Signalis. Check it out. It's cool. Humble Games. Sounds good. Uh, published. Uh, cool. Uh, I don't. Is there anything else worth talking about this week? I don't know. I don't know what's up. No. Okay. I mean. There's stuff on the horizon, kind of, I guess, but I don't. There's not a whole lot. No, no, it's God of War. Horizon came out. God of War is coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm talking about Dark Tide, baby. Oh, people seem pretty hot on that uh, in the previews. Uh, The it's really good, except the performance is really bad. So they gotta get the performance, like the optimization, Mm -hmm. dialed in. If they can do that, though, then I've talked to people who are like, "What kind of game is that? I don't even know." It's a co-op. It's a it's a Left 4 Dead co-op. Okay. okay. Like, but it's got so it's some like Vermintide vibes. But yes, 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 okay. yes. It so is Vermintide. It is a spiritual successor of Vermintide. It's the same team that made Vermintide. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it is Vermintide, but 40k. 
uh, instead oh, okay. of Warhammer Fantasy. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Sci- yeah, sci-fi, which fantasy. is yeah, yeah like long-awaited fan- science fantasy. Okay, yeah, it's like grim dark. So it's mm-hmm. I have my critiques of it. Like I played a, a fair amount of the beta and enjoyed the the gameplay is really good. I wish it didn't run at forty two frames a second, but <laughs> it is it is really good. And then and then with big dips too. Yeah. Um, so I hope they can get it optimized, but it's very cool. My one criticism is you've got Warhammer 40k has like never ending weird fucked up zombie like not zombies uh, uh aliens and stuff to fight and in Dark Tide you're kind of fighting zombies which yeah. you know that's chaos is it's like forces of Nurgle so it makes sense but I kind of was like I was a little bummed that there wasn't like Tyranids or something more interesting um but Gameplay is really good. It's a big shift from Vermintide because Vermintide's mostly a melee game where you're like okay, yeah. dudes where and Darktide there's tons of melee combat in 40k because it is kind of that science fantasy yeah. thing. But but like I I made a veteran sharpshooter, which is one of the classes you could play as. It's also different from Vermintide in that instead of picking between different characters, you make a character with a class. Hmm. Uh and I played as a veteran sharpshooter and was like primarily shooting rather mm-hmm. than and meleeing. Uh, I had a shovel I could take out and beat people with, but okay, um, it's a team fortress two my, soldier my style. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's good. It's good if they can dial in so that it runs well. It'll be it'll be a contender for sure. Nice, uh, Allison. Did you pick up a Resident Evil game? You yep, dive. Uh, you diving into up. one. I haven't uh, picked it up, or I haven't started it yet because I was just a. Uh, installing it last night but mm-hmm. i picked up resident evil village so i'll be playing nice. that i'm excited to hear your right. thoughts it's I'm not really a super excited. long game oh, it's like i mean i i finished resident evil 7 over pretty much a weekend so we'll yeah, you could do the same thing with village i i yeah i might be hanging out with people tomorrow so i don't know we'll see um but i'll be definitely playing yeah you're gonna hang out with people you're gonna hang out with ethan winters and uh, heisenberg and lady dimitrescu and- oh uh, what's what's uh, Morg- Morgo? What, no, what's that guy's name? Fish I don't man. remember. Uh, oh yeah, just, that's right. Yeah, he's I just like the island of Doctor, isn't it? Island of Doctor. He's just got the same name as the fish man, doesn't he? I don't even know. Marlow, Morlow, Margo. Who is God? What's this guy's name? Uh, anyway, that's who you're hanging out with. You're hanging out with. Yes. Uh, Ethan and Rose and Heisenberg and Lady Dimitrescu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am excited for you to experience that because and I the, that DLC is out and I should, I should play that. There's, there's just so much a lot of yeah, a lot of games. There's too much finally. to play. Yeah. Oh, you're playing way more than I am too. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm hoping Steam Deck come through any day now. Supposed to be by the end of the year, and there's only two months left. So make it happen, please. So I did see that. Uh, I think fa- uh, Steam Deck orders are back, like back ordered up into the next year now. After they were up to like ships within like two days or whatever. Uh, but still, they're they're pretty caught up. But yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up there then. Uh, thanks for joining us everybody uh, always love to have you listening in to us chat about whatever 
shenanigans and nonsense we happen to be chatting mm-hmm. about. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Fix Podcasts for as long as Twitter remains functional. We'll we'll see. We'll see after, after the last few mm-hmm. days. Uh, Allison, where can people find you? Uh, possibly, regrettably, you can find me on Twitter at w r i t e r s e r e n y t y. <laughs> possibly regrettably well i mean because that's yeah uh-huh Twitter. uh-huh yeah uh pat where can people find you you can find me wherever uh at pjc plays and uh twitter's been a garbage fire forever it's, yeah i mean it's been a garbage remain, fire forever, it's gonna but... remain a garbage fire and he, the musk is of scum of the earth but you know it just uh, bring yeah. let isis back on twitter <laughs> god <laughs> uh you can find me, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite episode of Tom and Jerry, on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. You can find Jeff Davis, the composer of our wonderful theme music, on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch, at Stranger Peace. Stranger, Stranger Danger, Peace, uh, Peace in the Middle East, I guess. Uh, what we can only hope for. Uh, send us an email to gaming at fix.space with what you played for this Halloween or something, I guess. Sure, let's do that. What did you play this Halloween? The spookiest of games. Only. Like, Slime Rancher 2 or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want to play, I, I want to get over my fear of it's a game that genuinely I like scared horror of slimes. Really freaks me out. No, I want to play Mortuary Assistant. Oh, mm. that uh-huh. game looks good, but it looks real fucked up. I, I played does, the yeah. I played the demo, and that was the one where I like I played like twenty minutes of the demo, not even like ten minutes, and there was a spooky thing. I was like, and eh, I gotta take a break. <laughs> 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 but it, I think it was like specific for the demo. But there was just like, okay, this that is... game looks really scary, but I want to play it really uh-huh. bad because it's supposed to be great. Appar- apparently, it's got like, it's not. Like everything's not pre-scripted, I guess. Like there are multiple, you can see different things. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, like okay, I guess. But yeah, it, it <laughs> seems neat, but also gross. And, like I don't want to deal with like the gross of just of like dealing with the dead bodies. Like even you know even digital, it's like oh that's mm-hmm. body horror stuff. Not not a big fan. But that's one thing I, I can't I can't stomach with horror. Even though you know I. I could watch someone get stabbed in a slasher movie and, like, you know, ridiculous stuff like that. But anything more than that is just like, no, no, thank you. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Game of Fix podcast. Stay wet, gamers.